Boss Brief, a strategic guide on how not to be an asshole at work. You'll learn about bad bosses, how they can be detected and handled, as well as how to tell if you happen to be one. Join an executive and an executive coach, both artists working in marketing and advertising for over two decades, who are here to offer you the ultimate guide on how to navigate any employment landscape. Here are your hosts, Eugene S. Robinson and Stephanie Payrollo. Welcome to the Bad Boss Brief. I am Stephanie Payrollo. I'm Eugene S. Robinson. And today we are going to talk about, it's, we're going to talk about skip levels. This is episode 18, the skip level show. But before we, before we start, um, you want to tell us where you are, Eugene, right now? <laughs> well, well, you might notice there's a change in the background, the mise-en-scene. Uh, I, I am in Glasgow, uh, also known as Shotgun City to locals. Apparently, they had a spate of shotgun eggs, uh, and I'm going to play a show tomorrow night at a pretty nice club uh, with Oxbow because on the occasion of uh, our new record. So it's business and it's rock and roll. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, glad you could glad you could join us with the time change and all the things. So and 14, 14 hours awake. Uh, that's how dedicated I am. <laughs> Although, do we mention the air that you're like 45 minutes late from the time we were going to start because you fell asleep? Yeah, because I passed out. I, I did pass out. But that, 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 it, you know what was strange, though? This, I know about the Schengen Agreement. That's one thing. But I, I was not, I didn't speak to one immigration person to get here. Not one. I, 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 like, some woman said, go down there. And that was the extent. I just walked right into Glasgow. Nobody looked at my passport. I didn't have to fill out an intake form. Nothing. It's like, uh, it seems like a business opportunity. I don't know for who, but if they're going to stop checking you at borders, well, what a great thing. Maybe it's Brexit. I don't know. All right. Interesting. I'll, I'll file that away. Um, yeah. So a skip level, which just for those of you that yes. don't know, a skip level is when there's a meeting or an interaction between a senior person and someone who is two or three levels down from them, right? That's, right. that's a skip level. Um, I hear it a lot. I don't know if it's, you know, popular outside the West Coast and sort of tech communities. The, and, and a listener wrote in and said, what do you do if you're in between a skip level relationship that mm-hmm. is, is burgeoning, right? So this, person, mm-hmm. this person was talking about, they're the manager. They have a CEO above them who's their boss. And then they mm-hmm. have someone who is a direct report, right? And the direct mm-hmm. report and the CEO are getting to be buddy-buddy. Yeah. Is that a problem? Should you address it? Or should you just let sleeping dogs lie? What do you think? Oh, no, 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 no. This happened uh, to uh, one of our past sub-Rosaites who uh, the boss essentially tried to skip level uh, uh, an underling into his position. And he was like, uh, would you, well, he's probably not going to do it. Should I just, I go, no, 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 no. This is these people. Does your boss, is he still doing engineering? No, he's pure managerial class. Now I said, no, and this is, this is a serious, if, if, if this were chess, this is a serious move and it should be taken ut- with utmost seriousness. I mean, because ultimately that person will replace you. And if you don't care about that, then that's fine. But I think I think that it's a road fraught with peril. 
Well, and you know, I, 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 we disagree a little bit here because I think it's something okay. you have to, I think it's something you have to be really careful with. So the example mm-hmm. I've been watching uh, winning time on HBO season two yeah. is about the Lakers yeah. in the eighties with magic Johnson. And in this season, they're focusing on the coach at the time, Paul Westhead, who's the head mm-hmm. coach. And then Pat Riley is an assistant coach. That's right. Westhead has never played professional basketball. I don't even think he played in college. He no. feels like the the first win in 1980 of the championship was 100% his doing. Had very little mm. team or Pat Riley. And mm. he is, and he keeps getting pissed off that Pat Riley has a direct relationship with Magic Johnson. And the way yeah. that's shown, and again, you know, many of the Lakers and the people involved have said that this is not an accurate portrayal of what happened. Yeah. However, I think it's a useful object lesson for exactly this kind of thing. So Magic Johnson injures his knee, has to get surgery, mm-hmm. and is rehabbing and coming back. And mm-hmm. he's struggling. And so Pat Riley starts doing like one-on-one trainings with him. Like, let's get together. I'm going to help you one-on-one mm-hmm. coaching. And when Westhead finds out about this, he loses his mind. And there's like last week's episode and this week's episode, the most two recent episodes, mm-hmm. show over and over again. Westhead being like, there's a pecking order. There's a hierarchy. You have to go through me. And what ends up happening no. is he shows himself. And and I, I can't remember the name of the actor who plays him, but he does a fantastic job of mm. playing this fragile white male ego who's like, there's no. a pecking order. You have to observe this. And how many people have ever heard of Paul Westhead? Exactly. That, so he was actually, actually totally right because Pat Riley became and then Phil Jackson. Nobody knows the West Head. So, you know, yeah, he, he, he saw the writing on the wall. But that's that sport is notorious for that, though. If you don't if you if you're a co- if you're a winning college coach and you go to play in the NBA, people are like, why should I do what you say? You know nothing about what we're doing here. So but I think what's interesting, it, at least in this portrayal, is could there have been a different outcome? Right. Mm, Could there mm -hmm. have been an outcome where he recognized that Riley had skills he didn't have, having been a former professional basketball player, where he actually listened to Riley? Because spoiler alert, in in the next few episodes, they are no doubt going to show that Wes had got fired in, you know, 11 games in, I think, to the 81, 82 season. Because he kept losing because, according to this portrayal, he wouldn't listen to Riley. So, yes, you yeah. have a narrative where Riley took over from him. And this is an example of, you know, stop those skip levels in their tracks or listen to it. Listen to him. Right. Would Wesley oh, have done better if right. he listened to Riley, who seemed to know what he was talking about? So, or, you know, what, what, what you're suggesting is and what we always suggest, I think, is a, is a traditional move is get ahead of the narrative. Right. Well, I mean, you know, own this, bring Riley into the fold and make it, you know, delegate this to him. I, that way you, you know, you're a partner instead of an enemy. So that's the first thing that I would suggest. If you are in the situation that this listener was of being in the mm-hmm. middle, the first thing to mm-hmm. do is to look at what is the skip level relationship based on and is it useful mm-hmm. for the organization? So the example that mm-hmm. I would think is, is if your CEO is planning, an ex- planning a trip to China and looking to expand into China and your mm-hmm. direct report is fluent in Mandarin and yeah. your CEO wants to take your direct report 
then that's one you should celebrate and welcome because you are smart enough to hire the person who is fluent in Mandarin, yeah. right? And but see, the thing is, taking 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 it seriously means at that point you make it known that you're sending your underling to go with him because you were the one who had the foresight to choose them because they spoke spoke Mandarin, right? Exactly. But and so the whatever. idea of saying if there is if there is a benefit to the organization, then you can. Acknowledge that. And you can, again, take credit for having the foresight to hire someone who has whatever that particular skill is. Right. So that's and I think that's the idea, too, that I always suggest is you should not be afraid to hire people who are smarter than you are or who are qualified in areas where you are not. And this is where, you know, again, put the narrative in any way that you want to. I think the other one is do you have a legitimate reason for concern, right? And again, I'm assuming mm-hmm. in all of these skip level scenarios that it's nobody's having bad behavior, right? This is not a right. Right, right. thing. This is not, this right. is, you know, I think where you get into concerns are if it is more of like a social or activity-based, mm-hmm. you know, connection, right? So let's say your, your direct report and the CEO both love pickleball or thrift mm-hmm. stores or a particular mm-hmm. kind of music. That's one where, you know, it is hard not to seem churlish to go into your CEO and or to the direct report and complain like you like thrifting and you're going thrift. Yeah, yeah, you sound like a a baby. Exactly. Now, I do think that if you feel like this is going on and it's something where you want to insert yourself, I know like, you know, in the day it used Mm -hmm. to be that men would go golfing. And they would leave mm-hmm. female workers at home and they would mm-hmm. do valuable networking and business stuff on the golf course. There were a lot right. of women who, because of that reason alone, learned how to play golf. Right? Right. So, right. you know, that's would be where I would say pick up some pickleball, join on it. Or and say, why right. don't we do why don't we do a tournament? Let me join with a, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you in Silicon Valley, um, in the easily in the last three months, the pickup we've seen of walk-ins of of C-suite guys who want to learn jujitsu. I mean, it's I, I, seven off the top of my head. Seven off the top. A couple of them have come just for privates, but you can't tell me this is not this is the, the this is not the Zuckerberg effect in action. And, and one of those guys actually is on the executive team at, at Meta. And, uh, you know, had trained with uh, Zuckerberg at his house and decided he needed an edge that was closer to home. And so subsequent to that, he began training with us. So but it's just like, you know, seven. That's a lot. I don't know seven people who embroider. I don't know seven people who (laughs) crochet. So seven people, all Silicon Valley executives suddenly decide in the same three month period that they want to start taking jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. Okay. Okay. And I think I that's mean, an example. If you're the manager yep. and your CEO is going to someone who is play, does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you'd best learn how to roll. Yep. 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 And and I, I don't I don't see it as being knavish at all. I think I mean mostly because I'm such a big booster of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think it's good for your life. But you know, if it also is combined with some sort of professional advancement, well, good on you. Um, if you're if you're the person who that person reports to, should you go out and, and now take Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? You know, it might seem a little Me Too-ish, not the the Me Too that we come to know with sexual harassment, but it's just kind of copycat style. But I, I'm still a booster. It, it is, it's good good for your future prospects, no matter what. You should do it. So I mean, I would um, actually- but. 
I would disagree with you there too, because I feel like, I mean, there are women who do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, my daughter. Plenty. Right. Yeah. But you know, that would not, I never played golf for Mm -hmm. the reason of like, I'm not going to learn a sport that I think is, you know, as someone said, a walk gone bad. Um, Right. Just to like be able to hang out and socialize with these men. That doesn't interest me. So I do think it is a valid choice to opt mm-hmm. out of jumping on the jiu-jitsu bandwagon and just allowing those relationships to form naturally. It's shared interest. Like, okay, that's that's fine. I don't want to be comparing my hand grab bruises with my friends. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I'll tell you, when I was at Future Publishing, Jonathan Simpson Bint was the CEO. And one day he walked over to me in the office because he had these... I think that was probably the first bullpen office I really sat in, the modern bullpen style, like that you see on TV, right? White desk and monitors and no walls. And he came up to me and he said, hey, um, somebody was just telling me that you're in this band called Oxbow. And I go, yeah. And he said, oh, man. And he started naming off shows. And like, yeah, he was actually, in honest to God, a good, a, 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 a serious fan. And he got fired ultimately at Future, but he continues to follow me. Um, but the important thing is, so now at Future, he was a CEO. There was an editorial director who was my boss and me. And me and the editorial director, we were friendly, but he didn't like the music. Then we didn't care about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So a lot of times I would have occasion to talk to Ben. Uh, Simpson Bent, uh, and he, my boss, was actually completely cool with it because he understood fundamentally that it was good for the group. It was good for the group that we were somehow remembered for something other than just doing this monthly magazine that maybe he did read or didn't read. So anything that strengthens relationships in a company probably is going to be good. If not specifically for you, then generally for, for you. Um, right. But specifically is where it gets to be a problem. <laughs> right. And I think yeah. that's a lot of it. And this is where a little self-knowledge comes in, right? Because there are people mm-hmm. and many people in management who get very nervous if they feel like they're not in control. Right. Uh, and and they can start to get into a place of fear, you know, mm-hmm. scarcity. Well, if if the CEO is paying attention to this person, is that less for me? If you know you are that kind of a person and you're in this situation, this is where you need to have a trusted advisor, right? Whether it's an executive coach or your aunt or, you know, somebody that you trust that you work with, lay the situation out and get specific and then say to say to your trusted advisor, am I overreacting? Am I making too big a deal of this? Because a lot of people, I mean, that's the challenge. Like one of the things that makes a good manager is, you know, like attention to detail, seeing around the corner, mm. sometimes being a worst case scenario person. Mm. But mm. that can also cause you to act from a place of fear, mm. right? And and everybody can smell the fear around you when you're making those choices, right? Everybody yes. knows what you're yep. doing and why you're doing it. Yep. And so yep. it's best to be really mindful before you mm. move into an aggressive stance with some of these skip levels. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, I like that advice. I, I like I like being mindful of the fact that fear is a killer because 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 it is something you can smell on people, whether we're talking scuba diving or, or work style, it can actually really make things a lot worse. You know, um, like when your boss says, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? 
you are no God. What? What? No, 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 no. I just want to talk to you about you can't you can't respond from fear. It's not it's not a good look. Well, and I think too that you know in this in the the HBO show. And by the way, I'm never calling it Max. That that just sounds like personal hygiene. I mean, like that is just so the worst rebrand. I'm not. It's not as bad as X, but it's it's pretty bad. So I'm just going to keep calling it HBO. Um, in, in the, the Westhead character, he keeps talking about the pecking order. And I remember when I was being the height of my odious teenager, my mother would say to me, you need to treat me with more respect. And I would Mm. respond, you need to do something that I respect. (laughs) 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 Ah, that's a great line. (laughs) Like, oh my God, thank God my kids are as bad as I was as a teenager. (laughs) That if you have to say words like yeah. pecking order, hierarchy, org chart, if you have to go to those kind of like yeah, old yeah, yeah. tropes of top-down hierarchical, yeah. you know, then you're you've already lost the battle. Right? Yeah, yeah. So just yeah, yeah. if that's your only defense is that there's a pecking order, there's a hierarchy, you can't unless you're in the military, right, or law enforcement or someplace that mm. still, you know, as far as I can tell, clings to those artificial things then you need to just let it go but i learned i learned that my first job out of college where they had had me do an assistant editor grunt work and then they hired some guy out of san jose state's uh, j j school which was a good j school program and he pretty much came in the first day and was like i'm not doing that and right away like said hey can i do a feature on such and they were like sure gave him the feature I'm like whoa 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 i've been here longer I should get the feature. Let him do the grunt work. And they're like, what? It's not, what? There's no pecking order here like that. It's not, you know, so if you want to do features, you can do features too. And we can figure out what to do with the grunt work later. But I, it was funny. The young me thought that there was actually, (laughs) like I was a union guy. Like, oh no, he's got to go through the apprenticeship program first before he can knife me in the back. No, no, they can knife me in the back right away. Although there are, there's two circumstances where I think that you do have a legitimate reason for concern that should be addressed, Mm -hmm. right? So the first one is, are there confidences being shared in either direction that cut you out, Mm -hmm. right? Right, right, right. If you hear something that your boss should have told you from your direct report who has the skip level relationship, that's a Mm -hmm. problem, right? And And then the idea too, the second one is, is this being led more by your direct report? Is this person somebody who's trying to leverage that skip level relationship to their benefit kind of against you? Right. And so all all about all about Eve. Right. And so what and the way you can look at that is if there's something where you if you say something to your direct report that they don't agree with and they go over your head to the CEO, that's That's the big that's the red flag. Right. That's yeah, the, yeah, the work yeah, right. of mom said, no, I'm going to go ask dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, and that is yeah. something that you see in that, in that show about the Lakers, right. You do see that in a number of examples. And the idea is like, if that's the, if that's the dynamic, then there is something that you need to say. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? I, yeah. I mean, Westhead misread you uh, on those, in those teams, the marquee player is the boss yeah. at a certain point, Michael Jordan, is the boss. That's that's just all there. If right. he's unhappy with your job, you may not have a job, right? That's the he's if he's a franchise guy and you run afoul of him, you may not longer be part of the franchise. Well, that's, that's the what happened. Magic Johnson said, yep. I don't wanna, I, I, I'm out. And yep. you know, it's yep. like, you know, pick. And again, 
you know, and so I think, I think that if you are in that circumstance, what I would recommend is that you do address it to the boss, but you mm-hmm. try to sound as grown up as possible. Right. You know, like you might want to say something like, I know we have an open door policy. We're not hierarchical. That's not what I'm looking for. But Mm. my concern was when you told John that he could use these resources that got put us in a bad position because John had already come to me to say assets. I had told him no, because I have a greater viewpoint into the resources. When you say yes, that puts us in a bad position. What do you think we could do going forward to, to, you know, like change this, right? Because nice way, nice, nice way to put it. Because what what you're doing is you're being clear that there is a business reason why this is challenging, that it's not about my hurt feelings. You acknowledge up front. Don't want to get into hierarchical. This is not a pissing contest. This is, no. you know, the, the efficacy of our system is that I have X, you have mm. a different perspective. You don't have you into that, whatever it may be. And so therefore that's why we should do, you know, have me right. do this and you do this. And then you right. can ask them like, how, how should we go about organizing it yep. and yep. how can we solve for this? And you know, see what ends up happening, but you might have to let it go. Yep. Yep. You know, and I think, this- yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think, I think the tonally, the thing is to go back to my comment, just not be a baby about it. And you can, you should be able to hear that in your own voice when you do it. But I, 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 I no, 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 I can't, you can't, it's just, you can't, it's a bad look. Right. And again, this is just another reminder. I mean, I feel like, like I bring this up all the time, but it's like, Manage what's happening in your face and manage what's happening in your voice. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like... No, I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just laughing because I, 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 I'm recalling a conversation I had with a, a dotted line where he was trying to get me to do something that the boss hadn't signed off of. We were equals. He had been at the company a lot longer and he was really insisting, like standing in the doorway of my office insisting. I said, that's not what Vicky said. Therefore, that's not what I'm going to do. Right. And he's like, well, no, you need to, you need to. And then finally I said, listen, Micah, I'm not going to do it. And uh, what are you going to do? You were going to beat me up. <laughs> that was my, I just wanted to get back to work. He was interfering with my work day. This pointless argument, go talk to Vicky if you don't like what I'm doing, but she signed off on this. So, right. but uh, yeah. And I think, you but know, hence, yeah. and just one more thing is to recognize like, any triangulation just means that person A and person C are talking about person B and person right. B is not in the room. Anytime right. that happens, you need to be aware, right? If you're a boss yeah. and you yeah. are talking about something, it's like, why are you not? But especially when person A is having a fight with person B and comes to the boss and says, you know, like that there's conflict. You all, And this is where with the skip levels, it, it does open up an avenue for triangulation, which can always be a problem, right? So these are a couple ways to sort of name and identify what it is that's happening. So you can, you can avoid the worst parts of getting into a skip level mm-hmm. challenge. So do you have a, yeah. do you have a, do you have a fire me for today? I do. And as luck would have it, um, given my peregrinations around the Bay area, I had a meeting, uh, a nine thirty meeting in San Jose, uh, I don't know many of you know the, the layout of the Bay Area, but there's you could take 85, 101 to 85, which splits off into 280. And uh, I'm taking 85. I'm not going to split off to 280, but the traffic on 280 was backed up well onto 85, 
which means one thing and one thing only for those of you who maybe need a little bit more help with the geography. That 280 exchange, that turnoff there is the first exit off of that is to Apple. So the, these traffic levels were as noticeable as, as when I worked at Apple. I've noticed the cars are that far down 85. I go, it's like when I work, I go, oh. So the fire me in this instance is you got, once again, I'm sorry to have the same cast of characters come up. The Salesforce guy and, and Zuckerberg are firming up their opposition to work from home. Um, with now, I mean, now at this point, now serious metrics connected to performance reviews, as well as threats of you know either being out now uh, reorged out or alternatively um, you know impeding your upward advancement. And and you know though I did see that the freeway backed up to Apple, I've come to a surprising conclusion, and that that is muscle or no muscle. Demanding workers work from home only works if their jobs are fundamentally perceived to be good jobs, right? I don't know a single person at Apple who's unhappy about being at Apple. I have lots of friends who are at Apple, and I have friends who have even left Apple and still speak about Apple glowingly. Um, I've had lots of friends who've worked at Facebook, now Meta, who don't say that, and they're digging in their heels with, you know, so Zuckerberg is getting tough. And they're digging in their heels about working from home for Facebook because they're not feeling it anymore. Um, Salesforce, you know, the workforce and Benioff, they've sort of figured out that this is, it's a, you know, what is that, that, that line from that Marlon Brando movie? He's a, you know, a, a, a one-eyed Jack, but he, but most employees, now I've seen the other side of his face. And so it's, it's interesting that if it's a job that is fundamentally liked by people, they will glad, I don't know, gladly is maybe a strong word, gilding the lily, but they will return to work, you know, the, whatever, four days, five days a week. Um, but places like Goldman Sachs, where they're now saying no more Fridays off, no more summer, summer Friday schedules where you can work part time or from home on Friday, five days a week in the office, do it or you're gone. And if the job is fundamentally not great to begin with, regardless of how much they pay at Goldman Sachs, people are not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They're digging in and they're not going to do it. And that's my prediction for the future, that they're not going to fire as many as you want. See if you can get a good scare. But then the scared people who stay are not happy people who stay and they will leave as well. So that was one thing I had like a, you know, freeway epiphany. And I'm like, look at that. Look at that. Good for Apple. Interesting because the same thing has been happening in Seattle with Amazon. Right. And there was ah. coverage that Andy Jassy was like, everybody's got to come back to work. And Amazon, which is very, you know, the the thing that they always say is they start a meeting with like you have a, a document. I think it's like four pages. There's some very prescriptive, mm. you know, it's like a haiku. Mm. And you mm. start by reading the document, which needs to have data. And uh, so, of course, the Amazon people who are being told that they have to return to work said to Jassy, where's the data? Show us the data that we are more productive. And he, of course, refused to do that. And the challenge with Amazon is that a lot of people, I'm sure it's the same thing in the Bay Area, a lot of people that work for Amazon uh, moved, right? They moved out of the Seattle area and they were able to go into kind of smaller satellite offices. No more. You have to come back to Seattle. And Seattle is a housing market that is now not unlike San Francisco. It's really, really expensive to live here. 
And that's a big, yeah, it's a big challenge for people to move. Maybe they have settled in another place. Maybe they have kids that are in school. And, and so it's not just, you have to come into an office. You have to come into Uh, one of the main sort of satellite offices. And, you know, I, I do think that, and again, that's what they're holding over people's heads is the idea of like, you know, then you're not going to have a job. Right. Well, but you know what? I I know people work at Amazon and I've never heard anybody go, man, I love that being at Amazon. Not a single one. Well, and I think, too, I mean, the the challenge with Amazon that's generally known in the Seattle market is that the expectation, particularly as you move up the ladder, is that you will be working all the time. Yeah. Right. I remember a family friend being over on uh, Thanksgiving a few years ago, and he was like, as soon as we like push back from the pumpkin pie, he's like, I got to go tomorrow's Black Friday. Right. And, yeah. it, you know, and, it, and he will work, you know, works well into the night. So there is an understanding yeah. that it's like it's it's already not a corporate culture that is conducive to any sort of work life balance. Yeah. And then yeah, on yeah. top of it, they're now going to say, you know, and, and and I think it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that I was I'm, I was writing something and I was complaining about the health insurance and the, you know, just health care in general in the United mm-hmm. States. Right. And I, I had this moment of like, you know, a lot of this return to work is muscle flexing by these big yeah. corporations to say, we have the yeah. power, I can fire you. And which, by the way, means you will have to come up with another way of in health insurance, another way to get health insurance and health care for your family, because yep. it's yep. all, you know, employer, employer. Yep. And I thought to yep. myself, like, I wonder if that's part of the reason that the United States has not politically been able to get to a single payer system, which would benefit yep. everyone is yep. because- that gives those large corporations less of a hold, right? A lot yeah. of people, I believe, particularly people who have health issues or have kids with health issues, would be much quicker to leave a Salesforce yeah. or a Google or an Amazon if they had a single payer healthcare system and they weren't yeah. saying, when I leave my job, my kid who has type 1 diabetes isn't going to be able to get the particular type of pump that she needs to stay alive. Right. right. And so right. I think right. that's really interesting. And, you know, and I, I heard something on social media, which, you know, it's it's obvious, but it struck me, which is everybody in the media and the government. There's a lot of noise mm. about inflation. And, and what we're forgetting is that corporations are raising prices and making record profits. And those raised prices result in inflation. But no one is connecting those dots. These corporations that right. have deemed to be individuals right. with individual rights are raising right. prices and, and the rest of us have to pay for that. And everybody's kind of like wringing their hands like, where is this inflation coming from? What can you do? <laughs> right, right, right. right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is, yeah, this is what they do. <laughs> right? Right. In- increase stockholder value. How can you win? I guess by being a stockholder. Right. But I think also to recognize, like, let's not for a moment believe what these corporations are telling us about caring for us, mm. caring for our emotional or physical well-being, oh, no, no, no. being invested no, no. in us, you can bring no, up and make no. to work. Those are all lies. They're increasing shareholder value. And if they have to do it on the backs of middle class people who now have to pay, you know, 20 percent more for diapers and jam, then yeah. let's, let's name it. Right. And let's name the fact that the system perpetuates that. Listen, I have a friend who's like pretty much largely lifelong pacifist in every regard, every regard. She was laid off by a boss that she didn't like very much, didn't get along with. She could live with that. 
But then the boss herself, who had laid her off, quit three weeks later. And now she's got serious health issues that she needs routine medical care for. The fact that this that the boss woman would have laid her off and what she felt was a vindictive, probably, you know, she had been using her disability. So it was probably an illegal, you know, termination of employment. Um, and then knowing that she would quit and then quit three weeks later, depriving her of healthcare. Lifelong pacifist said to me in full earnestness the other day, looking me in the eye as she said it, said, I would kill her if I could get away with it. <laughs> this is so not, and I laughed. There was no laughter from her side. There was no, she's not joking at all. You know, if I could kill this person, get away with it. And, you know, if, if she was able to like single pair that I think she'd be fine, but you know, I can get another job. I can get another job, but you put me in this bind where I got now it's not just can I must. So exactly. All right. Well, that's all we have time for. Um, send us in story ideas. Um, ask for advice. We have this section called, we have a new program that's called sub Rosa. Um, we had put it behind the paywall. We pulled it out. So send us questions for Sub Rosa, which is a short advice um, section. Yeah, Sub Rosa. And uh, all of that, Secret. WTF at badbossbrief.com. WTF, yep. you should be able to remember, at badbossbrief.com. All right. Thanks. And thanks for joining us from Europe on tour. Um, hope Anytime. Really well. And we'll talk in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Bye. Uh, adios. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bad Boss Brief podcast with your hosts, Eugene S. Robinson and Stephanie Payrollo. You can check out more of their work by visiting consigliera.substack.com for Stephanie and eugenesrobinson.substack.com for Eugene. You can also find Eugene at Mr. Sleep 3, that's number three, on Instagram. Reach out with your questions, concerns, workcase situations, or suggestions to us at WTF at BadBossBrief.com. We personally answer every submission. Be sure to join us at BadBossBrief.substack.com every other Wednesday for episodes of Bad Boss Brief and every single week for our Sub Rosa shorts so you can gain further insights into your workplace environments. Until next time, don't be an asshole at work.